This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series on compliance professionals adapting to change, industries, regulations, and beyond, where we will look down the road at key issues in 2024 and beyond for the compliance professional. In this series, I will visit with Nicholas Latham, Renee Murphy, Jessica Chachuga, Lee Chow, and Alexander Kosha. Over this series, we will consider compliant communications in regulated industries, managing conflicts of interest at the board level, the board of directors role in compliance training and communications, navigating the current ESG landscape, and professional growth and mentorship in compliance. This series is informative, enjoyable, and I know you'll get a lot out of it. First, a word about diligence. Diligence empowers leaders with a holistic view of their organization's governance, risk, compliance, audit, and ESG practices so they can make better decisions faster, no matter the challenge. Ready for purpose-driven compliance? Diligence equips leaders with the tools they need to build, monitor, and maintain a culture of open, transparent ethics and compliance. For more information or to book a demo, visit Diligent.com. In this fifth and final episode, I visit with Alexander Kosha from the Volkoff Law Group, where we take a deep dive into compliance professional professional development and mentoring. This is Tom Fox back for our final episode in this quarter's five-part series with Diligent. I'm absolutely thrilled to have back with me my good friend and colleague, Alex Osha. Alex, first of all, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Glad, glad to join you again. Alex, I really can't think of a better person to have this discussion with, but it's a discussion I don't think we have enough in the compliance arena, and that is mentorship or perhaps the flip side, how do you position yourself for professional growth in our arena? So I wanted to first start with how do you personally, how do you see increasing your professional growth and professional development, whether it's attending conferences, whether it's simple attending webinars, whether it's whatever it may be. So how would you advise a young compliance professional to continue to develop professionally on really the nuts and bolts of compliance. Thank you for the invitation to join you again, Tom. And I think it's such a critical topic and I'm glad to be discussing it because mentorship is an important element of professional growth. And I think that we tend to forget that compliance professionals, particularly those in leadership positions, need that kind of professional development as much as other employees. So there's a particular imperative in that dynamic regulatory climate where we're seeing the portfolio of the compliance officer's responsibilities grow almost exponentially. And I think that the one factor that adds to the urgency of continuous development from a professionalism perspective is the popularity of legislation and regulation that has an extraterritorial impact. I was just uh, finishing a column discussing the impact of the corporate sustainability directive in the EU and the impact that's going to have on global companies. And that directive, which I'll call CS3D for short, has application not only to EU-based companies, but also to non-EU companies that meet certain net turnover thresholds. So the implications of that are enormous. And I think that means that companies are under a growing responsibility 
to understand not only legislation that impacts domestic operations, but also their overseas operations as well. When in the United States, it's anathema because I think we're used to setting the agenda and having people abide by our laws and regulations. The opposite is becoming true, and that kind of necessitates being exposed to continuing education that addresses some of these developments. The need for continuous growth around regulations is certainly one area. And what do you suggest, Alex, if, or when rather, a person feels like they have the basics down? I've got the nuts and bolts down, and I'm really ready to take my next step, which may be a different set of skill sets. It may be soft skills. It may be how to deal in the corporate world, which I know you've come out of. It may be that I need to learn how to speak to a CFO in CFO speak or a CISO. It may be that I need to get a little legal perspective if I'm not a lawyer by professional training. I may be talking to the general counsel and seeing their perspective on the regulations that I counsel clients from the compliance perspective. How would you suggest someone inside of a corporation get what I'm going to call the soft skills that every compliance professional needs to be successful and really go to the next level of delivering service to corporate compliance customers who are employees? Yeah, so I think there are wonderful resources available for that, Tom. And I think you hit on something that's really important. And I think we tend to overemphasize hard skills, but we tend to neglect soft skills, which are the collaborative exercises and communication exercises that you're talking about. And right now, there, there are a lot of platforms, including on LinkedIn and Coursera. And you know, a personal plug for me is Harvard Business School Online, where I got to take a, a business course and learn business fundamentals that really help my career, but they also have an increasing number of courses in their portfolio that focus on things like negotiation and building relationships in the business and strategic planning. And all of those things are important in the compliance profession, because I think the temptation has been historically to focus on legal aspects of the compliance profession, which I'm not downplaying. They're very important. You need to have a basic understanding of those things, but we're not asking compliance professionals to be lawyers. We're asking them to put on the hat of an internal watchdog. And I think that requires a different skill set than general counsel or other people who are in the general counsel's office. You mentioned something I know we don't talk about enough. So I'm glad you did. And that was your online Harvard course. I took an online course from the Columbia School of Business Management on design thinking. And I did that specifically not to become an expert in design thinking, but to get enough exposure that I could at least talk to someone who was an expert in design thinking. And the ability to obtain online education, of course, is almost unlimited now. But what I would encourage compliance professionals to do is take areas outside of compliance so you can sit down with your business folks, so you can sit down with your IT folks, so you can sit down with a wide variety of other internal compliance resources and be able to talk to them in their language intelligently to help you not only understand how to deliver a better compliance product and solution, but also so that you can engage with them and collaborate with them and and not only lean on them a little bit, but also have them lean back onto you when they need compliance services. I found that to be a great way to develop relationships inside of a company. 
Now, it really is, and I think the key takeaway for me was exactly what you talked about, Tom, is that the development of the working vocabulary that is so important, especially in a, in a corporate context. I think coming from a traditional legal background where you know, I was exposed to the trenches of commercial litigation, it doesn't really um, expose you to all the critical business concepts that you're going to encounter in the corporate arena. So I felt like I needed to burnish my credentials and come up with something supplemental, and that's why I chose Harvard Business School Online ended up uh, enrolling in something called CORE, which is a, a series of business courses in economics and accounting and what's the third course, I can't remember now. But it all was geared towards having a very rudimentary understanding and building your knowledge and business vocabulary so that you can intelligently interact with people who are in the roles that you're talking about. And that really is invaluable because I think collaboration is one of the critical skills of a compliance professional. And to the extent that you can build a positive rapport with people in operational functions, it's going to benefit you enormously. I want to pick up on something you touched on, which was you said you were just finishing up a blog post. And what I want compliance professionals to try and understand is that if you do thought leadership work, and in your case, you write for uh, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, the Volkoff Law Firm daily blog. For me, writing a blog was somewhat demonstrating thought leadership, but more importantly, learning. Every time I wrote a blog, every time I do a podcast, I learn. And that has made me a much better compliance professional, being exposed to new ideas and literally being forced to learn something well enough to write about it. Because if you can learn it well enough to write about it, somebody may pick up the phone and call you and say, I saw this, you wrote this, I need some help. And so I really want people to, and there's yourself is a great example, but there are multiple others who blog, not every week or not every day, but occasionally enough that it's noticed in the compliance community. So I would encourage any listeners who have not really stretched themselves in that manner. It's not just about putting your name out there, although I'm certainly about that. It's also a great learning experience. So with that long-winded introduction, how have you found when you reach out with thought leadership pieces, what has that meant for you professionally, Alexander? It's had a profound impact, Tom, and I think you've hit on a point that really needs to be underscored. You know, thought leadership in the compliance community really does take the form of participating in things, availing yourself of opportunities to author columns and blog posts and the rest. And I think you touched on something that is important as well. And that's the ability to digest new information. You're going to be a lifelong learner in the compliance profession. And to the extent that you can learn about a new topic and put pen to paper and really articulate what the fundamentals of that topic are, you are situated to be able to digest and retain a lot of information. And I, I just find it, I think it's a, it really is an academic and intellectual exercise to put something like that together because it forces you to examine a topic from a very kind of objective perspective and integrate different viewpoints into it. And at the end of the day, you have to come out with something that's going to be of utility and value to your audience. And for me, that that's really a motivating factor is to give people practical insight into compliance topics. Now let's get to mentorship. And when I first moved you from the general counsel's chair into compliance, Frankly, I was stunned, Alexander, at the openness of compliance professionals share mm -hmm. problems, issues, strategies, tactics in a way I was not used to seeing from a general counsel group. 
And what I came to realize is there are no trade secrets in compliance. There's the hallmarks. There's about eight steps common to every compliance program. There's a few eccentricities for AML, for export control, for anti-corruption. But uh, the basics are the same. And what I found in our field is that literally any compliance professional can pick up the phone and call another compliance professional and say, I'm facing X. Have you ever seen it? Or I'm facing Y. Have you ever seen it? Now, no one's going to talk to you about trade secrets and no one's going to talk to you about internal investigations and truly confidential information. Alexander, what I found is compliance is literally the most sharing corporate discipline I've ever been a part of. Absolutely. So I was wondering what, if any, your experience might have been with reaching out to other compliance professionals just for guidance that may have turned into mentorship. Yeah, and my first exposure to that, Tom, was really attending an SECE event where I think uh, I was put in the role of a compliance professional in-house for the first time and told to go at it. And the thing that struck me the most was exactly the kind of collaboration that you talked about was that here you've got a group of people who are willing to share their experiences because, as you pointed out, their uh, compliance challenges are pretty much common across all organizations. And they take different iterations and forms, of course. But that kind of collaboration was not something I was used to coming from a traditional legal background where the temptation is to keep your cards very close to your vest because you don't want to break attorney-client privilege. You don't want other people to know your deficiencies and weaknesses, and you're very guarded in that respect. Whereas in the compliance profession, you've got all kinds of people who are willing to help you out. The host of this podcast included, and I've been blessed, Tom, get to know you, and you've been a real uh, mentor to me in many respects. That is just, it's a sea change, I think, from moving from the chair of general counsel or general counsel's office to the compliance profession. And I think it, for me personally, I, I find the ability to interact with more senior compliance professionals who've been around for a while to be cathartic in that they instinctively know the pressures you're under. And they have this extraordinary capacity to make you feel at ease, which is something I have to admit I was not used to at all. But that's the distinctive future of the compliance profession overall, isn't it? That notion of collaboration that is so ubiquitous. Can I maybe end by changing the focus just a little bit and asking you your thoughts on a current academic student who may be in business, who may be in law, who may be in environmental, who may be in a wide variety of areas and why they should consider the compliance profession as a starting point in their corporate professional life? Yeah, no. So that's a really good question. And I, I think for me, the opportunities in compliance are, are growing on a daily basis. And this is a profession that's really at, at the forefront of innovation in the business arena. There's no shortage of regulation or laws that are coming out uh, virtually every day, not only domestically, but internationally. So if you want a career that really is challenging, but also is very rewarding from a professional and financial perspective, then I think compliance is the way to go. And when you're in that kind of academic environment, availing yourself of the opportunity to participate in associations or industry groups and networking with people in those sectors really becomes important. But you know, there's also an element to this of a continuing education from a professional context. There's a lot of degree programs that focus on formalized academic experiences in the compliance arena. And there are all sorts of programs out there now that cater to the compliance professional at the graduate level that are really worth exploring. One of our attorneys is associated with the law firm, Steve Naughton, 
teachers, for instance, at Loyola University in Chicago, where they offer a degree program that is focused on compliance and it caters to non-attorneys and attorneys alike. I come from Regent University in Virginia, my alma mater, that had a similar curriculum. Fordham in New York City offers something similar. And all of these programs are really good for working professionals because they're practically oriented as opposed to merely theoretical. And the value comes as much from the interaction with your peers as much as it does from the academic component itself. So availing yourself of the opportunity to participate in a higher level degree program is definitely invaluable. Alexander, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our audience wanted more information on yourself or the Volkoff Law Group, what might be the best place or places for them to go? Sure. So they can visit our website at www.volkofflaw.com. And they can also reach out to me individually by email. My email address is akatoya, that's A-C-O-T-O-I-A, at volkofflaw.com. And I'll be happy to answer any follow-up inquiries. Alexander, as always, a great pleasure and my pleasure to visit with you for a podcast. I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thanks, Tom. Pleasure. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of this special five-part series, which has been sponsored by Diligent. I hope you have enjoyed this series. We've linked to Diligent's website on the show notes, so check them out at www.diligent.com. The special five-part podcast series has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network.